Hello everyone, welcome to a new Process Mining Cafe. Um, today we are going to talk about a situation that we have been asked about a lot. Um, it is about what do you do if you don't have any data for process mining, right? People often ask, ask this or are worried about um, that they don't have any data. And usually we say, well, you start with the data that you have and you go and look for data. And usually there's some data, but there are also situations where you really don't have any data, but you still want to do process mining. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I'm here with uh, Tobias Zepter from the BVV. Hi, Tobias. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me. Glad to be <laughs> with you today. Of course, of course. Thanks very much for joining us. And thanks very much to all of you for joining us here live in the Prosmani Cafe today. For those of you who are watching this right now, you can, as always, um, join the chat. It's just below this video where you can type your name. You don't need a password. You can just enter the chat there and you can um, make your comments and also ask questions uh, while we are on the air. And we keep an eye on it. And um, yeah, we will discuss them dur uh, during the session. Now, to get started, uh, I would like to introduce you a little bit, uh, Tobias. Um, you're um, yeah, a mathematician, a lead architect uh, in the enterprise architecture management team and already working with BVV uh, for a long time, very long time. You introduced SAP 20 years ago there, uh, but also developed many projects uh, outside of SAP. And as an insurance mathematician, because BVV is an insurance organization, um, yeah, you have a lot of experience in this insurance space, like um, accounting and, and other insurance-specific topics. And um, yeah, so for all of you out there, uh, today we are trying something new. Um, in the cafe, we are going to do it in two languages. Uh, Tobias, of course, uh, understands English, but he's not really used to speaking it. So that's why uh, what we will do is that he will speak German and I'll translate it for you. Okay, so yeah, so let's let's get started with the question maybe that um, yeah, is the main question when we're talking about data collection. Um, and why did you build a data collection solution for your organization? Das ist in der Tat eine gute Frage. Die Frage ist berechtigt, denn wenn man Videos über Process Mining sieht, dann sind die Daten meist schon da. Und das war in unserem Unternehmen aber nicht die Realität. Und dafür, dafür gibt es drei Gründe, so ganz spezifisch. Wir sind so eine klassische hierarchische Organisation mit einer funktionalen Spezialisierung innerhalb der Organisationseinheiten und in der Regel ist das dann so, dass, dass diese Spezialisierung quer zu der Ende-zu-Ende-Betrachtung von Prozessen, insbesondere von Kundenprozessen liegt. In Verbindung damit äh, gibt es dann ähm, eben auch spezifische Systeme, die die einzelnen Organisationseinheiten betreiben. Ja, und äh, auch, auch für die Kommunikationskanäle gilt das, ne? ob es ein Callcenter ist oder E-Mail e ist, Telefon. Wir haben ein ERP-System, so ein klassisches SAP, hast du schon gesagt, ein Postkorb-System und auch ganz, ganz viel individuelle Datenverarbeitung. Ne? Und äh, das ist halt, wie gesagt, quer zu den Kundenprozessen. Äh, der dritte Grund, unser, unser ERP-System ist, so etwas, was man so ein System of Records nennen würde, ne? also quasi wie eine große Datenbank mit verbindenden Programmen ähm, und äh, vielen manuellen Schritten. Die Mitarbeiter sind also da und äh, ja, geben Daten ein, beispielsweise starten Programme ähm, und es gibt diese Metadaten halt schlicht nicht. Ne? Also mhm. wann hat der Mitarbeiter etwas gemacht? 
Das sind die yeah. Gründe dafür, dass wir äh, was anderes brauchen. Ja, yeah, exactly. So what you're saying is that in your case really the data wasn't there. There really wasn't any data that you could have used. And there are three main reasons for that. The first reason is that um, yeah, there's uh, the classical um, separation or distinction into functional units. Um, and that um, in the specialization, yeah, these functional units, they have also their own IT systems, um, very specific IT systems for the, the, the type of work that they have to do. And um, for example, ERP system, CRM system, email, phone, um, uh, but also yeah, a kind of a postage uh, system. And a lot of individual systems as well. And yeah, the, the, the data wasn't wasn't there that you needed for process mining. And also the last point that you mentioned is that the, the systems are more a system of record, you have called it, um, and that the processes are in the heads of the employees. Can you explain a little bit more what, what you mean by that? Mm -hmm. um. Versuch es nochmal ein bisschen deutlicher zu sagen. Also stell dir einfach vor, es, 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 äh, du hättest äh, als System eine große Datenbank vor der Nase ne, und die äh, äh, Mitarbeiter äh, geben Daten in äh, bestimmte, bestimmten Dialogen ein ja, ähm, und speichern die dort. So. Ähm, und dann fällt das auch auseinander, also bestimmte Personendaten werden da eingetragen, bestimmte Versorgungsdaten, wie gesagt, für eine Versicherung, werden dort eingetragen, da, da müssen neue Dialoge irgendwie gestartet werden. Was zu welchem Zeitpunkt getan werden muss, das weiß der Mitarbeiter aus seiner mhm. Erfahrung heraus. Und das ist aber nicht so, dass er sozusagen durch diese Dialoge geführt wird. Ja. Das, das ist der Punkt. Ne? Also ja. die, die Mitarbeiter wissen das und es gibt sicherlich auch eine, eine Prozessdokumentation, aber im Kern ist es so, da guckt keiner mehr drauf. Ne? Yeah. So basically what you're saying is the process is really in the head of the employee, um, the person working in this process and they are using uh, yeah, a combination of systems and in many different places they're doing certain things to, to do their work. But there's, yeah, this is maybe specified or documented, but it's yeah in no way um, yeah supported through a system where you could get out the data in an in an easy in an easy way, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Wir, wir wollten aber nun unsere unsere End-to-End-Prozesse -end, äh, äh, betrachten und mm. äh, der kleinste gemeinsame Nenner, den den es da gibt, ist halt der Mitarbeiter selbst. Ne? Also mm. der der weiß halt sozusagen was was er in, in welcher Reihenfolge tut. Ähm, und das bedeutete für die Datenbeschaffung, ja, naja, im Grunde muss man, muss man diese Metadaten sozusagen, also wann habe ich eine Aktivität begonnen, wann habe ich sie beendet, ähm, von Hand eingeben. Und das ist natürlich möglichst schmal und unaufwendig. Ne? Wir wollen ja den Prozess an sich nicht verfälschen. Ähm, trotzdem wollen wir ganz, ganz viele äh, Messfälle haben. Also da, äh, früher gab es so äh, den Versuch sozusagen jemanden daneben zu stellen mit einer Stoppuhr oder sowas in der Richtung. Das ist an sich schon eine Verfälschung, aber damit kannst du zehn Fälle messen oder so, aber nicht hundert. Und dann ist es halt auch noch wichtig, ich sag, sprach diese hierarchische Siloorganisation an, dass du mit den Prozessen natürlich über die, die Silogrenzen hinwegkommst. Das ist also ein Mitarbeiter, der den Prozess beginnt oder die Prozessinstanz beginnt und ein anderer diesen, diesen 
diese Prozesse dann aufgreift. Ne? Deswegen ist es halt auch wichtig, äh, dass du ähm, sozusagen ja, es gut verteilst und, und, und Mitarbeiter sozusagen ganz schnell sozusagen diese Prozessinstanz findet. Das heißt, also äh, wenn man so eine Lösung hat dann, dann, äh, oder beziehungsweise braucht, dann, dann muss sie autonome nutzbar sein. Ne? Ja, das, das heißt IT-gestützt. Sie muss ständig und spontan verfügbar sein für alle Mitarbeiter. Also das bedeutet, dann muss nicht erst die IT kommen und irgendwas auf deinem Rechner installieren. Ne? Ja, also sollte es webbasiert sein. Und wir brauchten die Möglichkeit, eben Fälle sozusagen aufgrund der ihrer realen, ihres realen Kontextes zu identifizieren. Ne? Und deswegen brauchten wir sowas wie so eine externe Identifikation. Das könnte zum Beispiel so eine Personalnummer sein oder eine Versichertennummer. Ne? Ja. Das alles spricht für ein IT-System und ja, genau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so what you're saying is that you, um, yeah, so you wanted to build a, a collection system to collect the data that wasn't there in the first place in the existing systems. And to do that, um, yeah, the employee was the, the logical, uh, yeah, place to go and to let them register the, the, the missing data themselves. But to be able to do this, um, continuously, it was important that this, could be done very easily in a very lightweight manner. So that is something that they can, it's not an, a, a big burden for them in their additional, in their daily work, but something for them easy to do and um, yeah, needed to be uh, easily accessible for everyone. And so it's uh, needed to be a web-based system and um, yeah, kind of a, minim a minimal uh, data registration to also to make it easy. Uh, and the other thing that you mentioned is that It was important to be able to do this data collection um, for Postmoney because you want to look at the end-to-end -end processes, if I understand you correctly, uh, to do this across organizational units. And we talked yes. about before, right, that you have this functional spe specialization, so there's different units involved uh, still in working through a particular case for a customer. Um, so the data registration needed to be possible in these different units, and it needed to be possible also to link um, one case across the, the 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 activities that are done in these different units. So um, yeah, so that was one of the requirements that that you had, right? Exactly. And we yeah we come back to this a little bit more uh, in the remainder of the session. Maybe um, as the next question. So BVV is a, a pension um, organization. It's like I wrote down the, the precise name. So it's an institution for occupational retire retirement provision, which in German is an Einrichtung Einrichtung der betrieblichen Arbeitsversorgung. Yes. So in this context, um, so why did you want to do process mining in the first place? Ich glaube, dafür kann man zwei wesentliche Gründe nennen. Die, der erste ist, wir brauchten eine Quantifizierung des Ist-Zustandes und zwar für unsere digitale Transformation. Und das wirklich in, in, im klassischen Wortsinn. Ja, yeah, yeah. so maybe let's highlight that as uh, yeah, the, the answer already to this question. You needed a quantification or possible to quantify the processes for the digital transformation. Genau. Vielleicht, vielleicht äh, sollte ich das noch mal ein bisschen ausführen. Also du sagtest ja bereits, wir haben vor ca. 20 Jahren ein, ein Bestandsverwaltungssystem für unsere Versorgung eingeführt und das ist SAP-basiert. 
Ja. Ähm, seit einigen Jahren mussten wir dann feststellen, dass äh, die, die Passgenauigkeit dieser Standardsoftware äh, abgenommen hat für unser Geschäft. Ne? Also zum Beispiel bei der Einführung neuer Produkte, beim Onboarding neuer Firmenkunden. Und selbst bei der Wartung zur Erfüllung von gesetzlichen oder regulatorischen Anforderungen, die ja durchaus in Deutschland sehr, sehr hoch sind, im Versicherungsgeschäft und in der BAV insbesondere. Und das bedeutete, wir wurden eigentlich immer langsamer in der Umsetzung von neuen Dingen. Okay. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe let me summarize this briefly, because I think you make a very good point, because what you're describing is um, a situation where you have a system that was set up 20 years ago, of course it was working and doing its job for what it's made, for what it was made originally, but of course over time the requirements change, right? There's maybe new um, regulation, maybe new legislation, but also new rules or maybe new business requirements. Um, and that it was over time more and more difficult to actually yeah, change this existing system um, to be able to fulfill these new requirements, desires, or maybe even requirements from a, yeah, from a legal or regulatory um, perspective. And that was very slow and very yeah, difficult to make these changes in the first place, right? Exactly. No. Darüber hinaus äh, gibt es nicht sowas in, in unserem SAP-System wie eine integrierte Sachbearbeitung. Es ist nicht so, dass du morgens ein Fenster aufmachst und dich bis abends dort drin bewegst. Ja, yeah, ähm, and, and you're saying it doesn't exist something like an integrated processing. Does this mean that, that the employee is doing the work directly through the system? Or? Äh, ja. Äh, mm -hmm. Und darüber hinaus benutzt äh, der, der äh, Mitarbeiter, die Mitarbeiterin äh, verschiedenste Systeme, zum ja. Beispiel so, so ein Postkorbsystem noch daneben na, oder eine, eine Word-Briefschreibung. Ja, yeah, so they use different systems together, yeah, yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Das liegt schlichtweg daran, dass es ein paar Komponenten in SAP halt nicht gibt oder dass sie sehr, sehr teuer sind na, und man dafür einen Ersatz gesucht hat. Und, äh, und das habe ich ja, glaube ich, auch schon gesagt, dass das, das Kernsystem, dieses SAP-Kernsystem, ist nicht prozessgetrieben. Also es gibt keinen Prozess, der da abläuft, ja, sondern das ist datengetrieben aufgebaut. Ja. Man hat also sozusagen Datenköpfe, die man befüllt, äh, dann startet man ein Programm, das macht dann eine, eine Datentransformation, jetzt mal so abstrakt gesagt. Ne. Und das bedeutet, äh, ja, wenn man sehr, sehr viele manuelle Schritte hat, dann skaliert dieses Gesamtgeschäft über die Mitarbeiteranzahl und das ist ein guter Zustand. Ja, yeah. yeah, so, so yeah, what, what you just added is that, the, and what you mentioned before, is that the, the system itself is not process-driven. So at the core, um, yeah, it has no process awareness. And uh, one of the problems there is that if you want to scale um, the process that um, yeah you can only do it um, not through automation for example but it can only work by um, yeah using more more employees right so for example if if you have a manual step um, for which you need 10 people if you want to do 10 times um, the volume then you need 100 people right is, is this what you mean yeah exactly okay so, unsere Antwort darauf ist äh, oder war, äh, dass, dass wir äh, unsere Kernsysteme einer vollständigen digitalen Transformation unterziehen. Also wir ähm, 
schreiben Software, wir kaufen Softwarekomponenten und all, all dies zusammen äh, wird, wird ein neues Verwaltungssystem beziehungsweise alles, was man letztendlich darüber hinaus noch braucht, eine Finanzbuchhaltung beispielsweise. Äh, dieses, dieses Programm, das, das, das nennen wir IT Next und der Kernbestandteil ist halt eine moderne Verwaltungsumgebung, ähm, die, die so ein paar Ziele hat, ne, die genau diese Punkte adressieren, die ich gerade genannt habe. Ne? Also äh, wenn er das offen für Neues, ne? also ein, ein, ein schnelles Produkt und Kundenonboarding in einem Zeitraum kleiner als x Tage. Das ist, sowas. ist ein ganzheitliches System. Ne? Also wir haben einen UX-Ansatz, der sagt oder der heißt One-Stop-Shop. Ne? Also ich, ich gehe da rein und muss mich nirgendwo hin, anders hin bewegen, sozusagen. Und das dritte äh, sind eingebaute Prozesse. Ne? Also wir haben da Prozess-Engine drin. Äh, wir benutzen einen äh, Ansatz, der ist prozessgesteuerter Ansatz. Also man modelliert mit den Fachbereichen zusammen den, die Geschäftsprozesse auf, auf verschiedenen Ebenen. Äh, auf einer fachlichen Ebene und dann tiefer technischen Ebenen. Und äh, die werden dann, die laufen dann in dem System ab. Yes, yes. So what you just said is that the, the response of PVV is uh, to set up a program for digital transformation, uh, which is called IT Next. And um, so there you're, uh, yeah, you want to be able to create new new processes with certain requirements, right? For example, to be able to have a new customer onboarded in X amount of days. Um, another A goal is that it uh, should be a holistic approach so that in this one system um, yeah, people can do their work. And also you want to put processes at the, at the core. So there should be a process awareness built into the system, which is exactly uh, lacking in the, in the current system. Exactly. Um, then I have said that we need a quantification of this standard. That was the Kurzform der Antwort und äh, die Verbindung habe ich jetzt noch nicht hergestellt. Äh, IT Next bauen wir äh, produktzentriert und agil. Und dann, du weißt ja, dass das in der Regel so ist in der agilen Welt, dass, dass man äh, sich jeden Tag sozusagen quasi neu entscheidet oder zumindest jeden Sprint, was man so tut. Und äh, das bedeutet man halt zunächst mal keinen festgelegten Plan. Ne? Jedes Inkrement, äh, das man produktiv macht, äh, von dem sollte man nachweisen können, dass es einen quantifizierbaren Fortschritt gibt. Ja, dann muss man aber auch die Grundlage, also den Ist-Zustand, quantifizierbar haben. Das ist der Teil der Antwort. Ja, yeah. yeah, so that uh, in building the system, you're not um, making like this one big project, which then five years later is ready, but you're following the, uh, an agile approach, where already in the development, um, in each increment, in each iteration, you are measuring Yeah, and so this brings us back to the quantification that you that you mentioned in the digital transformation that you actually need this ability to quantify uh, to see if you're if you're on the right track. Auch bei, bei der Auswahl dessen, was man tut. Ne? Also welchen Prozess nehme ich denn als nächsten mm. beispielsweise? Yeah, even for ähm, choosing which process you, you, you select for. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Genau, also da, dafür gab es keine Grundlage und das wollten wir ändern. Im mhm. äh, zweiten Punkt gibt es auch noch und der ist auch wichtig, ne? denn so ein System baut man ja nicht einfach mal so in ein paar Monaten. Ähm, 
Wir brauchen natürlich auch im jetzigen Zustand, so wie wir unterwegs sind mit SAP beispielsweise, auch eine Quantifizierung aus, aus einer Frage der Prozessoptimierung heraus. Ja. Ja, also so maybe, maybe, a quick, maybe a quick question for that. So you said you also need a, a quantification for the, as the basis for the, for the processes, right? To firstly, um, I, yeah, to, to have the basis for the processes that should be the center of the new system, you need to quantify and measure what these processes are. But I'm, I'm curious, the processes that you have in the documentation, like you mentioned, there was documentation before. Could this documentation be used uh, also to a certain point or was that very far away from the reality? Um, ja, die korrekte Antwort ist wahrscheinlich nein. Um, es ist halt so, wenn du einen Prozess nicht ausführen musst, während du ihn modellierst, dann, dann schleichen sich dann natürlich Ungenauigkeiten ein. Die Dokumentation ist auch dafür da, dass man regulatorische Anforderungen erfüllt beispielsweise. Mhm. Außerdem gibt es Prozesse, die sind jetzt nicht so wichtig wie andere, also zumindest mal auf dem Papier. Und das wiederum bedeutet, dass, dass die, die der Detailgrad der Dokumentation äh, zwischen den Prozessen sehr, sehr stark variiert. Yeah. Um, so, so different reasons, right, for the, uh, why these documented processes actually weren't that helpful um, yeah, to be the basis already for this new system is that they are usually made for different purposes. Um, for example, for a certification or for, for regulatory reasons, but also maybe from different people and not the ones who are actually executing yeah. the processes. So if you're describing something for a different purpose and not the people who are actually executing and it's not used in the execution itself, you, yeah, inevitably you have a gap uh, between them. So I, yeah, that's what we, of course, see and hear a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Ja, genau. Okay. genau. Also das heißt auch Owner IT Next hätten wir uns um unsere Prozesse gekümmert ne? und äh, vorwiegend aus dem Gedanken in der Prozesseffizienz heraus. Mhm. Ne? Ja. Ähm, ich sagte ja, unser Geschäft skaliert so über, über die Mitarbeiteranzahl und das bedeutet dann natürlich, äh, da ist immer ein gewisser Druck da sozusagen. Oh. Yeah. So maybe just to see if I get it correctly. So on the one hand side, is there was the need to build this new system to be able to do certain things. But also there, um, the second reason, if you will, is for efficiency reasons. So that, um, yeah, to, to be able to improve existing processes, make them more efficient. That's also where you needed the quantification for how the processes are running. Exactly. Um, in kam ich in den Auftrag, eine Stabstelle namens Enterprise Architecture Management aufzubauen. Und wenn man sich in dem Metier ein bisschen auskennt, dann wird man viele Inkarnationen von ERM in Unternehmen sehen, die ganz, ganz stark fokussieren auf die Abbildung und Verbesserung der IT-Architektur. Wir sehen das nicht so. Das heißt, wir sehen das nicht nur so. Ja, also auch die Daten und, und die Geschäftsarchitektur sind für uns völlig gleichwertige äh, Architekturbereiche, die wir abbilden wollen. Yes. So you, you started a, a new group um, 2021, you said, right? An Enterprise Architecture Management Group, but uh, unlike many, or maybe 
typically um, uh, in an enterprise architecture group, the focus is not um, on the enterprise architecture, but in your group, you have really um, yeah, worked hard to make the focus on the business and the IT um, to, to have that as the leading um, yeah, focus rather than the, the um, enterprise architecture itself. Oder zumindest einen gleichwertigen Fokus. Ja, yeah, or at least uh, equal, equal focus. Genau. Es gibt ähm, so ein, für uns so einen so Nordstern, äh, das, das nennt sich Business IT Alignment und man achte auf die, auf die Reihenfolge der Worte. Ne? Das Geschäft kommt zuerst und die IT muss so gestaltet sein, dass das Business sozusagen ja, seine Bedürfnisse mhm. erfüllen kann. Es ist genau das Gegenteil von Standardsoftware. Okay, so uh, so the goal and the North Star is business IT alignment in this order, um, and yeah, so that's the the op the opposite of um, standard software because standard software is not usually s suiting exactly the needs of the of the business. You would say or um, uh, schon ein wenig, ne? Also uh, ich weiß nicht, ob du weißt, wie wie SAP Software baut. Also da ist es halt so, dass man in der Regel zum Beispiel irgendwie ein, ein, ein paar äh, First-User hat sozusagen, Companies, mit denen man äh, das, das Geschäftsmodell, was dahinter steht, gestaltet oder das Datenmodell oder das Prozessmodell ähm, und dann wird es nochmal eine Spur abstrakter formuliert und dann ist es aber sozusagen in dem Modul drin. Ne? Und mhm. äh, wenn das jetzt nicht exakt zu deiner Company passt, ja, dann bedeutet das, dass du deine Prozesse ändern musst, wenn du diese Software einsetzt. Yeah. yeah, so to 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 explain how standard software works, right? How it how it's initially created is maybe based on a concrete process in one of at one of the first customers of that uh, standard system company, for example SAP, and then the process is created a little bit on a more abstract level, abstract level, and not yeah on the super detailed level, but in principle it's already yeah quite defined based on this initial process. So that means that if for your organization you are not following this process that's modeled or yeah captured in the standard system module, then yeah it's it's not directly capturing your and supporting your process in the best way. Genau. Weil unser Fokus eben auch Business Architektur ist, haben wir auch eine Business Architektin. Ja, also einen direkten Menschen, der genau sich damit auskennt und jetzt nicht IT getrieben ist. Um, und exakt zu dieser Zeit äh, gab es äh, in, in einer Abteilung, die den Endkundenservice macht, äh, auch eine äh, Bestrebung sozusagen eine Arbeitsgruppe aufzubauen, die sich mit Prozessoptimierung beschäftigt. Da sind wir dann sozusagen zusammengekommen und haben äh, ein bisschen diesen abstrakteren äh, Prozessview reingebracht, weil es in der Regel so ist, dass wie ein Anwalt äh, sozusagen seine, seine Fälle sieht als Einzelfälle, äh, ist das auch in der Sachbearbeitung so. Ne? Ja, also ich, ich kriege hier meine Akte oder mein, mein Kundenanliegen und den bearbeite ich den als Einzelfall. Und zufällig, ja, es, es passt dieser Prozess dann irgendwie, aber der Prozess steht nicht im Vordergrund, der Fall steht im Vordergrund. Ja, da gab es ein bisschen äh, Prozessbewusstsein einzukippen sozusagen und das haben wir dann versucht. Yeah, and this is a really, really interesting aspect that we also talked about a lot in the past, right? It's like, um, yeah, you mentioned that uh, based on this, um, in this new environment, so there was um, then an initiative, which uh, was also um, 
in cooperation with a particular business unit in the organization. So, of course, the enterprise architecture team is a, yeah, a central group, right, um, where you also... Uh, were involved uh, but then there are these different business units that we talked about which are specialized in on their particular functional uh, expertise and uh, one of those business units was a customer service team um, who were working together uh, with the enterprise architecture team um, to yeah to look at their processes right and the the one thing that you just mentioned um, is that initially Yeah, there is not really a, a process awareness often because if you're working on the operational side of the business, then every case is unique. So every uh, every process instance, every customer request, every customer claim is something that you get and that you answer individually. Almost you made the comparison to kind of... Um, Uh, like if there's a legal case, and uh, um, I don't even know what the English word is for if someone uh, goes. Yeah, yeah, if you go to a lawyer and um, you make a claim or you challenge someone, yeah, then there's this claim and it needs to be processed. And in the end, right, the person either yeah, is right or wrong. But yeah, it's kind of a unique thing, right? It's one case that you look at. And in a way, like in this, often in this kind of operational business unit, um, thinking, you look at every case also as like a unique thing. So that's what you mentioned, that there was this, mm -hmm. not really a process awareness, but kind of looking at the cases as, as unique things. So yeah, I find this a really interesting point. Maybe, can you tell a little bit more about how that, how you saw that and how that evolved? And was that something that you worked on with the people there to to establish this kind of process thinking? Ja, ja. Ähm, vielleicht erwähne ich vorher noch äh, ein, ein, eine andere Form des Tunnelblicks sozusagen. Mhm. Das ist auch nochmal total interessant. Äh, ähm, je, je näher sozusagen ein, ein bestimmter Fall einem einzelnen Menschen noch liegt, na, also gestern besser als vor einem Monat, ja? oder äh, je schmerzhafter eine bestimmte Aktivität war, ja? also weil man viel äh, tun musste, äh, sozusagen außer der Reihe. Ne? Also eine spezielle Frage beantworten oder sowas in der Richtung. Ne? Umso wesentlicher ist das im Blick. Ne? Obwohl eventuell eine Quantifizierung gar nicht irgendwie ähm, gezeigt hätte, dass es jetzt wahnsinnig tragisch gewesen wäre. Ja, ja, das ist nochmal eine andere Form von, von, also die liegt so ein bisschen orthogonal zu, zu dem Kunden, ne, aber es ist, ist äh, auch nochmal ein Punkt, wo äh, Meinungen ganz, ganz, eine ganz, ganz große Rolle spielen. Ich habe deine Frage noch nicht beantwortet, aber vielleicht wird es erstmal übersetzen. Yeah, exactly. So what you added is that there's also a different kind of bias, like an orthogonal bias that, that people often have, is that it's very close to their own experience, right? So what you experience as a Uh, as a person as something that's um, either was very difficult maybe or painful or just exceptional from what you from what you usually see that sometimes it can also be kind of an overemphasis on that this is very special while if you would look at kind of on the measurements or on the process kind of on a statistical level maybe it wouldn't be it wouldn't matter that much so there can also be kind of too much attention or and kind of an overestimation of these types of as unique perceived aspects in a in a case based, which is very much tied to the individual experience of the of the person working on it. 
genau. Zu deiner Frage. Ja, man kann halt relativ wenig machen, außer reden. Ja, also erklären, äh, insbesondere, äh, das, das sage ich glaube ich nachher nochmal ein bisschen genauer, ähm, wenn, wenn du in einem interaktiven Prozess bist von einer Messung und äh, einer Auswertung, ne, dann kannst du auch immer gleich beweisen, dass du nicht nur eine Meinung präsentiert hast, weil äh, indem du zum Beispiel gesagt hast, das ist jetzt nicht so wichtig oder sowas in der Richtung. Diese spezielle Aktivität mhm. oder dieses spezielle Problem, was diesen Bias unterliegt. Ne? Äh, sondern kannst du es dann auch wirklich zeigen. Ne? Und ja, Kommunikation. Das ist mehr oder weniger Kommunikation. Ja. Alles. Yeah, exactly. So you're now coming back to the initial question, like how do you actually establish this um, process awareness in an environment where maybe there is not really the that type of process thinking already established? And um, you're saying yeah, a lot of talking, a lot of communication and um, something that we will come back to a little bit later too. Uh, also that actually this iterative way of measuring can um can also help to build up trust, right? Because if you measure something and you see that something that you experience as something very unique, actually in the yeah in the in the ground in the, the, the yeah the big picture let's say um, it's not that different then also that helps you to kind of think differently about it. So it's a process that needs to be supported um, yeah with with the people. And yeah, maybe this. So this brings us to the to the next question because, um, I mean, who's doing the process mining, uh, the actual process mining at BVV? It's not you, right? Das ist richtig, genau. Also ich habe ja schon mal ein bisschen versucht zu erklären, dass das äh, Enterprise Architecture Management äh, eher dafür da ist, sozusagen die richtigen Dinge zu tun. Also wir kümmern uns um die Effektivität des Unternehmens. Wir wollen äh, bestimmte Lösungen äh, reinbringen. Digitale Transformation sagt das ja auch eigentlich. Ne? Also wenn du den alten Prozess in, in, äh, elektrifizierst, dann hast du noch nicht viel gewonnen. Ne? Genau, also hier bei uns geht es um Effektivität, gar nicht so sehr um, um Effizienz, also die, die, die Dinge richtig zu tun. Tun, ne? Dafür sind bei uns die operativen Einheiten zuständig, also zum Beispiel der Kundenservice, aber auch ähm, eine Abteilung, die nennt sich Organisation. Ja? Und äh, die sind diejenigen, die sozusagen äh, die, diese Messungen vornehmen. Ja, ja so as you, as you just explained, so your team is not there to... Um Yeah, to, to actually do, for example, the process improvement, um, but you're yeah you're setting up the framework and the um, maybe systems that are needed or um, yeah you shove the you, you create the conditions for being able to do this. But ultimately, it's the people who are working in the process um, who are yeah who 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 are doing that, right? Genau. Ja, sie tun das selbst. Uh, und auch selbstständig. Ne? Ja. Ja, und ähm, die, die schaffen sich sozusagen auch, auch die Prozesse selbst, ne? indem sie halt äh, das, das Customizing, was wir vielleicht noch sehen, äh, sozusagen dieses Prozesses in das System bringen. Ne? Das ist also ähm, der, der beste Weg, das zu tun. Ne? Ansonsten äh, brauchst du ja tatsächlich immer noch jemanden, der dann irgendwas äh, für die Messung tut. Yeah. So, so maybe exactly maybe that's the thing that we should clar clarify too so it's not only that they are doing the the process mining and the yeah the analysis of the process but they're also doing the data collection right so um they yeah they can do everything so they can 
um, collect the data and they can analyze the data. And this is exactly this iterative loop. And they can even influence how they collect the data. So this is what we will show a little bit later when we show the system that you've created. Um, yeah, so they can exactly collect the data in the way that they need it so that they can analyze it to yeah, improve their own processes. So that's the, yeah, the kind of the virtuous cycle that you created for them. Um. Und sie setzen sich auch ihre eigenen Ziele. Ne? Und sie sagen, mhm. diesen Prozess wollen wir uns jetzt angucken. Warum? Weil, weil man so ein Bauchgefühl hat. Ja. Und wenn man dann irgendwie rauskriegt, irgendwie, okay, an diesem Schritt muss man irgendwas tun, dann erscheinen die auch selber, ob die sagen, okay, jetzt machen wir eine organisatorische Veränderung oder wir, wir lassen uns auch in der Endkundenabteilung in, in RPA-Bot dafür schreiben, beispielsweise. Das machen die alles sehr, sehr selbstständig. Yeah. Yeah. So based on their own intuition and their own goals also that they, yeah, maybe they have a, a gut feeling somewhere. This is an area where we could maybe look into it that could be maybe better. So then they would start collecting data there. Um, and then based on that, derive a goal. Well, let's, yeah, the aim would be to do that in X amount of days faster, for example. Vielleicht, vielleicht noch einen, einen Gedanken dazu. Mhm. Ähm, ich sagte ja vorhin, äh, es gab auch schon in früheren Jahren so Bestrebungen, so Prozesse zu messen, tatsächlich echt mit Stoppuhr. Ne? Und äh, was man da gemessen hat, ist, ist im Wesentlichen die Arbeitszeit. Ne? Also wie lange hat jemand für eine bestimmte Aktivität gebraucht? Ähm, äh, mit äh, unserem Tool und, und, und Process Mining äh, messen wir aber jetzt auch noch die Durchlaufzeit. Das ist ja klar, wir, wir messen ja oder wir halten ja die Timestamps fest. Ja, und äh, hätten wir das nicht, äh, hätten wir ein ganz großes Problem nicht gesehen. Das, yeah. das ist, glaube ich, nochmal ein ganz, ganz wichtiger Aspekt dabei. Ja, yeah, that's, that's an interesting aspect. So what, you, what you're adding is that, especially maybe looking at how it was compared to previous, previous attempts or previous ways to get some observability and some quantification, right? That's what people used to do is basically work with a stopwatch. So to go... Um, and observe um, how people work with a stopwatch and document um, that. And what you were doing with this type of stopwatch-based approach is usually measuring um, execution times of activities. How long does it take to perform certain steps in the process? But what you are now measuring with your data collection by looking at the full process is the yeah the throughput time of the process, but also the waiting times in between process steps, right? So you have the, the full visibility on on the end-to-end -end process, which you don't get if you're just um, using the stopwatch on measuring execution times on, on activities. Genau. Okay, so let's see. So we have been yeah, talking about the technical side, um, yeah, the communication side, and yeah, communication is yeah, also really important, right? Because... Um, Yeah, one, one aspect, and that's really something that I think is, is uh, yeah, I like very much in the system that you have built, is that you have looked at uh, privacy um, concerns from the beginning. So you had privacy built into the system from the start. And yeah, please tell us a little bit more about how you did that, why you did that, and what exactly you, you built. The privacy gives in, in two Geschmacksrichtungen sozusagen. Das eine sind die Kundendaten, das andere sind äh, Mitarbeiterdaten. 
Ne? Das, mhm. Und beides muss man sozusagen auf dem Schirm haben. Ähm, ich, ich nehme mal so ein paar Aspekte. Also äh, das System ist quasi zur anonymen Benutzung gebaut. Ne? Also es gibt eine, einen Schutz für die Anwendung an sich, ne? aber es gibt keinen kein Nutzer-Login. Ja, das heißt, ähm, äh, ich, ich kann, das System kann äh, den, den Nutzer, der da gerade davor sitzt, beziehungsweise der einen Prozess erfasst hat, beziehungsweise eine Prozessinstanz nicht identifizieren. Ja, yeah. maybe, maybe that's a really good point to start with and make really clear. So, and that's maybe something that people wouldn't think of initially. If you're thinking about uh, privacy, um, you, yeah, you might think about, um, yeah, maybe customer, um, yeah, privacy of, of customers, but also, yeah, the employees, of course, uh, are an important concern and, um, And one of the, the the main things that you that you built, which you just mentioned, is that the system is completely anonymous for the people who register the data. So this means that someone who's using your data collection tool to collect data, for example, in this customer service process that we just mentioned in this business unit, if employee number one goes and uh, documents a case that they just worked on and then... Uh, employee number two uh, does something with their case in your system. You don't see who was doing what, but yeah, they're all, if you will, using the same anonymous kind of login. And in the system, you don't see which employee has registered which data, right? Then come to the data. Die sollen ja tatsächlich so schmal wie möglich sein. Also dein, dein Auditorium kennt ja sicherlich alle für Process Mining notwendigen Daten. Das sind ja nicht so viele. Und viel mehr gibt es bei uns auch gar nicht. Es gibt noch die, die Organisationseinheiten, die an den einzelnen Prozessaktivitäten hängen. Und dann gibt es noch etwas, das wir vielleicht noch sehen, sogenannte Fallattribute, die, die man für den einzelnen Prozess sozusagen tailern kann, also auf den Prozess zuschneiden kann, sodass sie dann auch im Disco auswertbar sind. Aber das war es auch schon. Also mehr ist da nicht drin. Und das hat ja, ich hatte das schon erwähnt, auch, auch den Grund, dass, dass wir die, die, die Messung der Prozessausführung so wenig wie möglich verfälschen wollten. Ja. Yeah, so this is, yeah, actually you're talking about two aspects here of, um, or two reasons why you, you want to collect minimum data, right? You're talking that about the fact that the system collects um, the minimum of data that you need, which is, yeah, the, the process mining data that all of you know, right? Case ID, activity name, timestamp. Basically, that's all we know to, to do process mining. So your system doesn't collect much more than that. There's some additional um, data attributes that, that can be collected um, and it's also something yeah that can be incrementally added right in terms of how useful it is um, we, we can we can see that also a little bit later but basically it's really just this minimum information and of course that's good for uh, from a from a privacy perspective because yeah you're not collecting any data that you don't need with which might be misused uh, even later or for different purposes because you don't collect it in the first place but the other reason that you mentioned also is that you also do it because it makes um, if i understand you correctly the data collection easier right so if you only need to collect few uh, aspects then it's also easier to do so then there's also less room for errors or for uh, wrong data 
So if you if you collect the minimum data, you have a bigger <coughs> chance that you get it right. Genau. Um, ja, tu Gutes und rede darüber. Der, äh, dieses gesamte äh, ERP-Diagramm der, der Datenbank, die da drunter liegt, kann automatisch ähm, sozusagen visualisiert werden. Diese Visualisierung findet sich auch im Programm selbst. Ja, da kann man dann äh, der letzte Skeptiker noch drauf gucken und sagen, okay, also ich habe hier keine Referenz zu äh, äh, dem User-Management, was, was in dem System so grundsätzlich erstmal im Framework mit eingebaut ist, äh, beispielsweise, oder es gibt keine äh, Attribute an, äh, an bestimmten Tabellen, die, die nahelegen, dass das hier noch mehr erfasst wird, als äh, man an der Oberfläche sieht. Ja, also das, das ist, äh, glaube ich, nochmal ganz, ganz wichtig, dass, dass man das auch zeigt. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in your tool itself you can by an automatically documented um, data model it's visible which um, data is collected and one can see, for example, that no user information is, um, is part of the system. So it's kind of a confirmation. Genau. Und dann gibt es noch so ein paar funktionale Dinge. Ähm, äh, beispielsweise können die Mitarbeiter einzelne Messungen löschen. Äh, das kommt sicherlich am Anfang doch häufiger mal vor, dass, dass man eine Messung aufnimmt und dann äh, vergisst sozusagen den Stoppbutton zu drücken. Ne? Und äh, das, das kann man nicht nachholen. Äh, man, man kann äh, die, äh, die, die Zeit dann auch nochmal nach vorne rücken, aber das, das kann der Mitarbeiter nicht. Aber er kann eben äh, die einzelne Messung löschen. Ja, und dann ist die halt nicht da, aber es ist sowieso so, dass das eine schlechte Messung oder keine Messung besser ist als eine schlechte. Ja, yeah, so that's another functionality in the system, and that um, users can delete individual measurements. And um, yeah, that's of course I think one of the drawbacks, right? If you manually collect something, that can be a mistake. For example, if you start recording for a certain activity and then you forget to press the stop button um, then maybe it runs overnight and it looks like a very long activity and yeah people cannot uh, change the timestamps but they can delete the whole data point and it's better to have no data point than a wrong one and that also gives them yeah gives them yeah the ability to do that themselves right i think that's an important point so they don't have to go somewhere and request the deletion but they're really autonomous also in that way to delete anything that they have collected dann gibt es halt so einen Punkt, das, das sind Kundendaten. Ich hatte ja gesagt, dass man so einem Übergabepunkt zwischen zwei Abteilungen beispielsweise ja einen, einen bestimmten Fall, einen Case identifizieren muss durch so, ein externes, durch so eine externe Identifikation. Das ist nur nötig, solange der Fall sozusagen in Bearbeitung ist. Und wenn er abgeschlossen ist, dann kann man prozessweit sozusagen diese, diese externe Identifikation löschen und dann sind halt nur noch die Metadaten vorhanden. Mm. Yeah. So another aspect um, in the system is that um, basically to make the correlation across different business units, what we talked about before, that to look at an end-to-end -end process, often you have to look across different functional units and the way um, that those activities can be connected usually is through some external identifier. Some, um, so the case ID is perhaps related, for example, to a customer number or some, some customer case ID or something that really also exists, let's say, in the, in the organization outside of the data collection system. But then you made the choice that after the correlation has taken place and so the data has been correlated and then you know, okay, these activities they all belong 
to the same case. Afterwards, you actually don't need um, this, um, yeah, the, the reference to this external identifier anymore. So you can delete it or anonymize it. Um, ähm, genau. Und ansonsten, also Technik geht immer irgendwie, äh, Kommunikation, hatte ich schon gesagt, das war vielleicht noch viel, viel wesentlicher. Also mhm. äh, wir haben tatsächlich mit, mit allen Beteiligten gesprochen und auch ganz wichtig mit deren Chefs über alle Ebenen, äh, haben erklärt, äh, was das soll, was wir wollen, wie das funktioniert, äh, haben Fragen beantwortet. Äh, das gilt nicht nur für die betroffene Abteilung, sondern eben auch für unsere Datenschutzbeauftragten oder Auftakte und, und die Informationssicherheit in IT. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, the technical aspects are just one part, but the communication is really, really important. And like you mentioned, you have talked with people on all levels, but especially also with the people in middle management who um, yeah, have also the share the same goals for, for example, being able to quantify and measure and improve um, the processes, but who are also able to communicate directly, um, yeah, With, with, their, with their employees about possible concerns and uh, yeah, to, to create the trust and the understanding of, of what you're doing. So communication, a big part of your work was, was communication. And yeah, you just mentioned also the, the Workers' Council. So I'm curious, did you involve the, the Workers' Council from the beginning or was it in a later phase? How did that go? Also unbedingt, es gibt keinen, keinen größeren Fehler, den man machen kann, als den Betriebsrat nicht oder zu spät einzubinden. Äh, denn die Kollegen dort, die, die denken dann ein, eine von zwei Sachen. Entweder ist es Geringschätzung oder zweitens äh, könnte es ja Versuch sein, irgendetwas zu verstecken sozusagen. Das, das Erste kommt bei mir sowieso nicht in Frage. Ich war auch zwölf Jahre lang Betriebsrat und, und vier Jahre lang Betriebsratsvorsitzender. Und das Zweite äh, ist es auch nicht, denn äh, und, uns ging es ja immer um die Beurteilung, die Anpassung von Prozessen und nicht um die Beurteilung und mögliche Anpassung von Mitarbeitern. Ja, aus unserer Sicht gibt es also gar keine Konfliktlinie und deswegen äh, ist es sehr, sehr geschickt gewesen, den Betriebsrat von vornherein mit einzubinden. Mhm. Ich will nicht verschweigen, dass es manchmal schwierige Gespräche waren, aber je äh, besser die, die Kollegen, äh, die mit dem Tool arbeiten, äh, das annahmen, äh, umso geringer waren auch die Befindlichkeiten. Mhm. Okay, so that's yeah, that's a really important point for especially for uh, companies in in uh, countries like Germany where workers' councils are yeah very important um, in yeah all large organizations. They have a, a workers' council that is uh, watching, yeah, looking out for the rights of the employees, and yeah. So your recommendation would be to really involve them from the very beginning to make sure they really understand what the goal is and what is going on. Because if they're not involved from their perspective. They, uh, as you mentioned, there can be only two reasons. Uh, yeah, one reason that's um, yeah they're not um, maybe valued, or that one tries to hide something. And uh, like you said, for you, that of course couldn't be true because you yourself were part of the um, yeah the workers' council organization for several years. Um, and um, yeah, also of course. Um, yeah, it's not, you don't want to hide anything because with process mining, and I think that's a good thing about process mining, right? It's really like you're saying, it's not about measuring people, but it's really about measuring and improving processes. And there is a way to do that. Um, yeah, that does not have to worry about people at all. It's not about looking who works faster than others, but it's really about how we organize together the process in a good way. 
Wir haben auch das Tool selbst genutzt, um in so einem Infobereich das alles nochmal schriftlich zu erklären, auch die äh, entsprechenden Gremien anzusprechen, also beispielsweise den Betriebsrat, die Datenschutzbeauftragte, die Mitarbeiter selbst, zu erklären, was wir da tun, ähm, was Process Mining eigentlich ist. Da habe ich da auch ein, ein Video von dir verlinkt, da kommst du also selber zu Wort. Ähm, genau, also das... Ähm, hat auch zum Beispiel dazu geführt, dass dieses Feature mit dem, äh, mit dem Löschen der ex externen Identifikationen reingekommen ist. Ne? Also dieser, die, äh, dieser Dialog mit dem Betriebsrat war eben auch gut dafür, dass da auch noch äh, bestimmte Anforderungen sind. Okay, ja. Yeah. So what you just said is again emphasizing the communication aspect again, that also in the system you have built in um, explanations about how the the tool works but also what process mining is and um but the last point that you made is also that even through the communication with the betriebsrat um so the workers council additional requirements came out or yeah which were ultimately built into the system so the um the one of the features that we talked about before where you can um keep um, an external identifier for correlating the case across different units. But then once the, the case is completed, this, um, yeah, this information is removed. That was actually something that came out of the, the discussion with, uh, with the Workers' Council, if I understand you correctly. Yeah, sorry. Um, das ist insbesondere deswegen so ein bisschen seltsam vielleicht, weil es ja gar nicht um Mitarbeiterinformationen geht an der Stelle. Aber yeah. man, man, man sieht, dass, dass sich sozusagen bei uns im Unternehmen jeder für, für alles verantwortlich fühlt. Das ist auch nicht so schlecht. Yeah. So they really participated in, in the process. It's nice to see. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's a good point. So thank you for sharing all this information about the background, how you came to set up the system and um, what were the considerations around it. But we thought it's also nice to just show you. So you were so uh, so kind to bring us um, kind of a, a test environment. So you set up a test environment, which is similar to the internal system that you're using. It's not the, the real system, of course. And also the data in there is um, yeah, artificial. But it's uh, it, yeah, it gives a really good idea about how this um, how this works, and we wanted to show you a little bit how the system, um, yeah, how it functions and how people can use it to collect their own data, analyze it with process mining, and even shape the way that they collect the data. So, yeah, so should we should we get started and yeah. show the system? So if if it's all good, then you can see on my screen now the. The system, right, which has the BVV logo in the top left corner here. Uh, the yellow button says Test Umgebung, so this shows us it's a test system. And um, yeah, so if we are if we are looking at it, we can first start maybe by looking at the process view, right? So if we go here, we see kind of an overview of all the processes. And in this, in the real system, there are of course many different processes, but in the test system here, we have one we have one process, right? Exactly. Yeah, so how how can we maybe um, look at that? So should we look at how we, yeah, how we, we can, first of all, we can look at existing cases, right? So mm -hmm. uh, if we say, so GEFO is Geschäftsvorfall. So this is a case ID in, in the process mining sense. It's a case. Yeah, it's a case. So if we look at that, um, And we could, for example, yeah, here we see all kinds of 
cases, right? So, so there we already see kind of some some overview information. Mm -hmm. Der Default an der Stelle ist halt, dass, dass äh, der, nur unfertige Fälle gezeigt werden, weil äh, die Sicht ist die für den, äh, für den Weiterführenden, ja? also in einer Abteilung beispielsweise. Ja, yeah, so if for example incomplete processes, you can filter for that, so just to see the ones that are maybe still in progress and still need some, some activities in, in other in other departments, for example. Well, if we, for example, take this one, took three days, <clears throat> right? So we could then click on it and so you can see some some details um, what okay. happened. Genau, im oberen Bereich siehst du halt dann uh, den Prozess und, und uh, sozusagen rechts daneben den Geschäftsverfahren sich den Case na, mhm. uh, mit, mit uh, entsprechenden uh, Attributen eventuell und auch der uh, aktuellen Länge. Na, da muss noch nicht ja. abgeschlossen sein, dass da was steht. Um, und im unteren Teil siehst du dann die uh, links die Schritte, die um, definiert worden sind. Mhm. Uh, Wie es dahin kommt, sehen wir dann auch noch. Na, und man sieht jetzt an den, den Badges da links, dass bestimmte Schritte halt gebucht worden sind. Wenn man da einen von auswählt, dann sieht man auch womit. Ja, yeah. hier yeah, sieht man, uh, here you see different kind of information for these steps. But maybe, maybe this becomes clearer if we start a data collection ourselves. So maybe let's indeed go this uh, route. So if we go back uh, to the beginning. And uh, now let's imagine that we are um, a person in the customer service department who's using the system to keep track of the cases that they work on. So they would say, uh, for example, here, uh, new case. So they would click on this new case button. And then we could say, for example, um, yeah, customer X. Mm. Das ist diese externe Identifikation, yeah, ja, die so nötig be, ist. Exactly, that would be the external um, ID, for example, that we use to track it across different departments that ultimately we can delete again, but initially we use it for collection purposes. And now, yeah, we are in the in the area where we can collect information about this new case, right? So yeah. this is the title. Uh, and here we already have certain types of attributes, right? This is, is this an example of the attributes that you mentioned that you can yeah. have kind of custom attributes? Correct. Um, for example, reason X or reason Y are like mm. um, custom attributes that are correlated to this case, right? Also, die, die, diese Attribute uh, können uh, für jeden Prozess eigenständig äh, kreiert werden sozusagen und herangehängt werden und geben dann in aller Regel äh, Auskunft über Dinge, die äh, man sozusagen, wenn man auf die Daten guckt, so einfach nicht sieht. Ja, also mhm. es ist ein, eine bestimmte Art von Fall. Ne? Hier steht, äh, was, was ist der Trigger ne? für, für, für den Case beispielsweise. Yeah. Ne? So the reason X or reason Y. So it's, in, 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 yeah, like you said, so it's a categorization that has been created for cases, types of cases in this process, right? And that's, I think, something we can see a little bit later how we can add those ourselves. But that's something that's also part of what the the employees in the customer service um, process, for example, can do themselves. So yeah. They can, um, while they collect data, if they say, well, oh, actually, this is kind of a, a type of case um, or some some new categorization that's useful for looking at the process in, in, in certain segmentations, then they can add this new attribute. 
Daran sieht man tatsächlich auch, wie, wie sich sozusagen das Tool weiterentwickelt. Ne? Weil am Anfang hatten wir nur sozusagen ein, ein Freitextfeld namens Besonderheiten. Ne? Und die mhm. Leute waren, waren äh, ja, fast gamifiziert, indem sie da halt viel, viele Dinge eingetragen haben, äh, von denen sie meinten, dass sie wichtig wären. Für den mhm. Fall, ne? Und äh, dann haben sie aber gesagt, okay, also jetzt würde ich es ja gerne an jedem Fall äh, ranschreiben, aber das kostet mich zu viel Zeit irgendwie. Ich will mhm. das auswählen ne? ja. und für jeden Prozess einzeln auswählen. Ja. Ja, und äh, das hat uns die Chance gegeben, dieses Feature zu entwickeln und mit, mit, dem, äh, mit dem Benefit, dass, dass wir das äh, nach, äh, nach Disco durchschleifen können sozusagen mhm. äh, und, und dort auch auswerten können. Und frei, mit dem Freitextfeld konnten wir da nichts anfangen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting point that you made is that this is something that emerged during the usage and further development of the data collection system, right? That initially you just had the basic cross-mining data that was needed and a free text field. And then people were writing down a lot of things in the free text field. And then um, a lot of things they found really important, like, for example, reason X, reason Y, right? And then after a while, um, it emerged that there are certain patterns that they were writing down, they found important, but they were looking for a way to capture this in an easier way, um, not writing it down manually every time. So it's much easier to just select it out of separate op several options, for example. But also, um, and we see this in a moment, once we take the data out and go to Disco for the cross-mining analysis, this data, this, these kind of structured data fields are also available there for the analysis and can be analyzed. And of course, with free text data, yeah, you, you can't really do that. It's less useful. So, Um da vielleicht noch einen draufzusetzen, das hat dann auch die Arbeit mit dem Tool selbst verändert, weil am Anfang weiß man ja nicht, was sozusagen Attribute wären, die jetzt irgendwie wichtig sein können. Ne? Mhm. Also das, deswegen, der Prozess ist neu, die Leute schreiben ihre textuellen Besonderheiten da irgendwie rein. Äh, jetzt gibt es eine spezielle Funktion im Tool, dass das uns einen Überblick über alle äh, Cases gibt, an denen solche Besonderheiten dran stehen. Und wenn, wenn man dann entdeckt, okay, hier steht öfter mal wieder das Gleiche, ja, dann macht man halt daraus ein Attribut. Mhm. Ja? Ja. Und dann in, in Folge muss es dann nicht mehr sozusagen eingetippt werden, sondern kann ausgewählt werden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that has changed the way of working also genau, um, in, genau. in how to do the analysis, but also the data registration. And yeah, I think also that uh, a really important point here is that they don't need to come to you and say, Tobias, please add uh, a reason X, reason Y attribute. We need it, but they, they can do it themselves. Um, mm -hmm. hmm. Yes. So, yeah, so we are creating this new case now. We have, for example, added this data information, we can give some descriptions. Um, but now let's say that we start, um, yeah, it's a customer service process. So maybe we we receive, it. yeah, it's a suggested first step, but we could choose anyone, right? But let's say that's how the process starts. Um, the request comes into the front office. So then what we would say, if we start working on this case, we would press the start button. And here now we could write some things, for example, um, reading question of customer for example I would could do the work while I'm um, yeah while I'm doing the work I uh, log it here and then once I'm finished with this step uh, I would say stop for example and now let's say for example what could we do else um, maybe let's say I need it's a special case so I need to do uh, um, yeah not just a, a default um, 
processing, but I need to do some additional calculations, for example, or some additional research. So that could be like a step that I'm doing here. So based on the nature of the case. So again, I would first start and then let's just say special um, calculations. And I would yeah, maybe even use a different system, right? So you, often there's external, mm -hmm. different external systems that people yeah, use. Yeah. Um, maybe some specialized calculation tool to to give a to give an answer to this particular customer for their specific question. Genau. And then once we say stop, kannst auch mehrere Messungen machen. Ne? Also yeah. es könnte jetzt zum Beispiel sein. Äh, okay, I can do multiple Telefon. times. Ja, yeah. genau, genau. Und äh, weil du so ein Admin-View hast, siehst du auch diese, diese äh, Funktion dahinter. Ne? Also da kannst du tatsächlich mal eine, eine Messung verändern oder sie, sie wegwerfen oder was auch schon passiert ist, in einen anderen Case schieben. Wenn, wenn äh, ein, äh, also auch eine Anforderung aus, aus dem, äh, von den Usern, ne? zu sagen, oh verdammt, ich habe das gemessen, aber mhm. das war ein ganz ein anderer Case. Ne? Also dann kannst du sagen, okay, äh, dieses, dieses, äh, der zweite Knopf da ist dafür da, diese Messung zu einem anderen Case zu transferieren im gleichen Prozess. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, what you're saying is that the administrator of the system, so you and your colleagues, you, have, you do have some additional um, ways also to, to change the data. For example, to move a, a step that was collected in the wrong case to move it to a different case. So that's something that the employee themselves would not be able to do. They can delete a, a step, but they cannot move it to a different case, for example. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's stop also the second calculation that we did, and maybe let's do a third step. Maybe we need to. We talked about these handover moments, right, where we go to a different organizational unit. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, the back office is a different organizational unit. Maybe I say, well, I made the special calculation, but actually, uh, in the back office, they have to. Uh, yeah, they have to check this. So then, of course, it wouldn't be me anymore, but someone in the back office actually would get the case. Um, and then once they are there, they would um, yeah do the same thing and also yeah do their check and say, for example, calculation okay. And then yeah, so let's say with this extra step, our case is completed. So what we can do now is that we can uh, close the case and indicate, okay, this is case is completed, right? So here we can say close case. That's what it says. And now ask me if I really want to close the case. Yes. And now basically we have added like one case, right? To this, to this process in the data collection. And now if we go back to the to the overview. So here, when we were looking at the process, we saw that we could look at existing cases, we can add a new case, which we just did. But then here on the right side, we also have the statistic view. And so there, um, first of all, you built in some, some statistics, uh, all kinds of things that people can already also look within the system where you um, also, you mentioned like, Yeah, you, you can see how it develops, right? And where you immediately get the feedback, like for the measurements that, that you are taking. But of course, what we want to show you here is the link to Disco. So it's also really easy to now do the process mining analysis based on this data. We can use one of these exports. We use the XES export here that you built, where you make use of that Disco can actually uh, interpret um, start and complete events in an XES log uh, and calculate the durations based on that. 
Uh, so yeah, if we are now going to Disco, we have downloaded this XES. Uh, we can open it here, and it's just in the downloads folder. And yeah, with XES, of course, we don't need to configure anything. It warns us about that there's no activity classifier, but we are using the um, yeah the standard uh, concept name for that. So just a technicality, and we're. <laughs> we're in disco with, with the process map, right, based on, on the data. So we see this, it's really easy. Um, and yeah, we can we can see the process here. So if we are zooming in a little bit, uh, we can see that initially the request comes in, in the front office. And then actually there's three different yeah choices, main choices, right? So there's kind of, based on the frequency, kind of a standard uh, processing that usually happens. But what we did is actually more rare, right? We did this um, extended check um, where we did these extra calculations. It's actually this one. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, there's also this um, um, yeah, referral to the, to the back office for, for, for even more special calculations. And we can find back our case. So let's see if we go to the statistics tab. Uh, we can actually see here if we're looking at the start timestamp uh, if we sort this reverse in the reverse way we see it here so 13th of november is today and this is exactly our case right so if we right click on that and go to the case details we see exactly the three steps that we that we collected so first step uh, request then the extended check and then in the end the handover to the uh, to the back office with the timestamps and yeah, the data field probably is also here, right? So that's the thing. Disco also yeah keeps the data fields that that are collected. They are also available then for further analysis. We see it here as a data attribute. Ja, und da, da könnte man den filtern, ne? Und dann kann man so sehr verschiedene Prozessvarianten irgendwie yeah, rausbekommen. Exactly. Beispiel. We could look at the process for just reason X, reason Y, and, and you know, okay, compare all things. And also here, I think that's also nice to show what you mentioned before. Like if you're going on with a stopwatch, then you're usually only measuring the time. So let's look at mean durations maybe. So the averages. Uh, so yeah, then you see for example this takes on average four minutes or yeah, so and so long. But yeah, usually this is not the goal, right? Just to be maybe a minute faster or two minutes faster in this step. It's usually really in the time in between the steps. So that's where we see, for example, here it takes 3.1 days um, yeah, to, to do this handover to this particular step. Or yeah, you can look at the total case duration, of course, but also the time in between steps. Yeah, yeah and that's also one thing that you mentioned that the... The customer service team likes to do a lot also if they look at their process like from a not kind of mm -hmm. in this detailed view filtering for, for for attributes and these kind of things but kind of from on a holistic level uh, to look at the animation based on uh, synchronized start times right because then you also see kind of the process um, how it aligns and yeah not in we can choose like between real time um, so that's really based on the timestamps when they happened but we can also choose um, synchronized case start times so that means all the cases once we press play um, they actually start yeah at the at the same time and then we some of them are really fast and maybe process really quickly but then by doing that that's for example one way how you can really see where things are taking long right so if we're still um yeah if we're still 
going on after so and so much time. Ja, man sieht da also die Abteilungsgrenze, ne? über, die es, über die es sich drüber quält, sozusagen, auf der rechten yeah. Seite. Ja, ne? yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a good point, because here we really see, um, here it arrives at the back office. So that's exactly the handover to the, to the different, different organizational unit. Um, yeah, where, of course, if it comes in there, right, it's different responsibilities. One group isn't responsible anymore, the other one not yet. So that's often where also inefficiencies can, can emerge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we wanted to show this link, and eh? so how nicely you can go from the data collection to the analysis. And I think, yeah, exactly what you mentioned—that they can do this iteratively, really quickly themselves—is I think really the key of of building this up iteratively, and then yeah, getting the insights that you need. And so basically, they can decide today we want to get insight about this type of process. They start collecting data, they analyze it, and yeah, they do it as much and as detailed as they want, right? Yeah, that's actually also the last thing that we wanted to show, right? So um, how it looks like if you want to yeah, collect or start collecting a new process. And so for that, uh, we go once more back to your system. It's here in the menu, right, with processor? Yeah, processes on you. Yeah, processes and then uh, process, uh, create. create process, right? So once we say create process... Um, here we could yeah, give a description, for example, uh, or the name. The name. New process X. Um, let's see. Um, contacting customers for feedback, for example. Then. Yeah, here we can here we can create attributes, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And so so you have a pre-population of existing attributes so that people can reuse attributes across different processes. Is this? Um, es ist gemacht, um um wieder verwendet zu werden. Mm -hmm. Ja, in der Tat hat sich das jetzt nicht so realisiert, weil mm -hmm. es nicht so abstrakt gedacht wird in aller Regel. Was aber auch nicht macht nichts mm -hmm. macht, dann schafft man ein neues Attribut. Okay. Genau, aber du kannst es halt zuweisen. Ne? Also alles, was da ist, schon, schon da ist, kannst du es halt zuweisen. Und äh, da das System ja sozusagen einmal aufgesetzt wird, äh, bleibt doch alles drin. Ja. Ne? Sozusagen. Also ich muss nichts ausliefern. Ja. Okay, so we could reuse existing attributes from other processes for a new process. We could create new ones. Um, yeah, so maybe it's not needed right now. So we can continue, right? So is then the next step here on the top? Right? Genau. Ähm, auf dem zweiten Tab gibt es dann halt die Definition der Prozessschritte. Hier in second? Ja. Mhm. Okay. Yes. Genau. Und, ja. Ja, yeah, so here we would uh, yeah, start creating a process, right? Den ersten dort anlegen und mhm. draufklickst. Yes. Genau. Ja, um, yeah, so for example, let's what's... Um, Send email to customer. Opinion. And then what do we do? Say new process uh, step below? Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, second step. I just... Yeah. That. Maybe let's do a third one too. Okay. Step three. 
Was du da noch machen kannst. Yes, and then you can also assign like who, like the, genau. the, the organizational units again, right? So for example, here we genau. have front office, back genau. office. How would I do that? Genau. Ähm, ja, du stellst dich jetzt zum Beispiel aufs Front Office, also da klickst du mal drauf, mhm. genau, äh, und sagst zuweisen. Ja. So I could say, genau, dann musst du den Schritt auswählen. Okay, so I could say, this is the first one. Genau. And then I could say, back office are the other two, for example. Genau, und jetzt siehst du, dass, dass der Batch da oben sozusagen. So then we have all three. Yeah, front office, back office. Okay, and then do we have to do something else to make it das war's. operational? Okay, so now hm? if I go back Jetzt to the home, I see this as a new process? Yeah. So if I go to process overview, yeah, so now we see it. So before we had genau. just this one and now this is a new process and I could start collecting data, giving it yeah. to this goal, analyzing it. Hm. Genau. Also ich, ich, so aus der Erfahrung heraus ist das längste, was, äh, was dauert sozusagen, da, sich darüber klar zu werden oder in der Diskussion darüber klar zu werden, welche Schritte man eigentlich messen yeah. will. Ja, und also die Schritte zu bestimmen. Der Rest ist dann relativ yeah. schnell gemacht. Ja, yeah. yeah, so, so it's really fast to, to do this. So the, the main work is to think about what the steps are in the process that you want to capture. And that's also what I imagine happens iteratively then, right, with the, with the people who are using this system. Okay, well, thanks a lot for um, yeah, also bringing this kind of test system. I think it makes it so much more um, yeah, tangible and practical for people to actually really see how this then looks like based on what we discussed before. Um, yeah, maybe to close... Um, today's session um, a few last questions like for example uh, I'm curious what did you learn in this whole in this whole experience ich will, will mal drei, drei Dinge nennen also das eine ist, ist äh, nicht überraschend also es ist die, die klassische Erkenntnis in, in, in jedem Change Prozess eigentlich ne? dass, dass Menschen sich im Grunde genommen äh, immer erstaunlich gut mit den, mit den Strukturen, äh, in denen sie sich gerade befinden, irgendwie identifizieren können. Und das hat nichts damit zu tun, ob die Strukturen gut oder schlecht sind. Ne? Das, das glaube ich, hängt damit zusammen, dass das so solche Strukturen irgendwie Sicherheit geben. Ne? Ich nenne das Stockholm-Syndrom. Ne? Ähm, das heißt, solange die, diese, äh, diese Strukturen jetzt nicht total unerträglich sind, ne? werden, werden diese Menschen, äh, die in den Strukturen leben, sie verteidigen. Ja, und, und Prozesse sind halt sozusagen der unsichtbare Strukturteil der Organisation. Das heißt, wenn wir äh, messen, also äh, dann, dann ist das jetzt sozusagen Teil der Anamnese. Wir wollen eine Veränderung erreichen und deswegen wird es erstmal so, so einen gewissen Widerstand geben, den, der zu überwinden ist. Ne? Aber das ist, wie gesagt, klassisch in jedem Change-Prozess. Ja, yeah. yeah, so you, you mentioned like that the general challenge that you always have if if you want to change something is that people are naturally resistant to that right so that uh, and it's yeah it's normal that even if the system around you maybe isn't the best system uh, one gets used to it and maybe in the end ends up defending it uh, you called it stockholm syndrome so it's a, a funny term i think a little, to talk about that phenomenon um and that yeah that that's something that you also experienced um 
Yeah, in this in this process that that people you maybe know. also right we talked about that people think about the uniqueness. So it's probably a learning process to realize well, it's actually not that unique if you look at it in mm. its totality. And I could imagine people defending that. Um, mm. And yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. True. No, no, please. Mm. Yeah. Das, das sieht dann immer so aus, als wenn die Menschen das Problem wären. So ist es aber nicht. Ne? Nee. Die Strukturen sind das Problem ne? und in dem Fall die veralteten Prozesse. Ähm, wir, wir brauchen aber die Menschen, um die Veränderung zu erreichen. Also ich meine, schon für die Messung brauchen wir die Menschen. Ja. Insofern ja. Äh, kann man sie nur überzeugen, indem man äh, sagt, okay, äh, wenn wir die Veränderung hinter uns haben, haben wir wieder einen stabilen Zustand. Der wird besser sein als vorher. Mhm. Ja. Und äh, das, das muss man auch umgehend beweisen. Ne? Und, ja. und das äh, versuchen wir auf die Art und Weise. Ja. Es ist immer wieder äh, Zwischeninformationen, Fragen, Gespräche, zeigen, was rausgekommen ist. Ne? Dafür ist das hier auch ein gutes Beispiel. Also das funktioniert ja genauso. Ne? Ja. Ja. Insofern äh, eigentlich ist es sozusagen die Verlängerung nach vorne. Yeah, it's a very important clarification, I think, that you mentioned that it's not the, sometimes one might run the risk of jumping to the conclusion that the people are the problem, right? But the people are not the problem, the system is the problem and the people are um, are just in the system and uh, we need, yeah, they are needed to, to make the change and to, and, yeah, like we saw, to make the data collection, right? So, and so, yeah, that's, I think, really important in the thinking of how you approach this in the first place. Uh, because I think if you if you're approaching this with the thinking that the people are the problem, I think it's it's a wrong start, right? So that's that's I think what you say here. And that's a really important point. And maybe maybe it also relates to so we got one question in the in the chat, I think, which also fits in here a little bit. Timo was was asking about the activities, right? What we showed at the end when we created the new process and we said, well the biggest challenge is to yeah, to define the activities. What are the steps in the process? How you deal with um with this challenge or how you make sure you're not missing something or what do you do if you realize later that you are missing some important activities because yeah this is um, but I, okay. I imagine that involving the employees that's exactly one of the keys right that they do it themselves and they can iteratively work on it I think that must also mm -hmm. yeah create trust and and, and confidence ja, da gibt es eine technische Antwort drauf. Hm. Also äh, in dem Moment, wo der, wo der Case erzeugt wird, wird äh, werden die Schritte äh, des, des Prozesses äh, in den Geschäftsvorfall, also in den Case, kopiert. Ja? Und, und bleiben da sozusagen, ne? so erhalten, wie sie zu diesem Zeitpunkt waren. Ähm, äh, wenn ich später Schritte hinzufüge, dann gilt das natürlich äh, nicht mehr für die Vergangenheit. Ich kann, kann ja keine Messung erfinden sozusagen, aber für den neuen, für den neuen Case äh, kommt der neue Schritt mit hinzu. Ja? Und äh, es ist verboten, sozusagen den alten zu löschen, also den umgekehrten Fall. Aber man kann, sie, man kann die Schritte am Prozess also auch veraltet setzen sozusagen, dann werden die nicht mehr mit in den Case rein kopiert. Sie sind also quasi für die neuen Cases nicht da, aber für die alten immer noch da. Ah, okay. So, Timo, uh, actually, Tobias has a technical uh, answer also for your question. So, if there's a, if there are new um, activities that are coming later after in the initial process, for example, defined, let's say, five or ten process steps, but then, let's say, one or two should be added 
that people only realize later that they want to add them, then this is actually possible and they, they will be added to this type of process. Um, of course, they're not visible for old uh, cases, um, but um, for all the new instances of this process, they will be shown and can be chosen and recorded and data collected for these activities. The reverse is also possible so that, for example, if you realize, well, that activity, actually, we don't want that anymore. You cannot delete it, so it's um, yeah, prohibited to delete uh, the, the data completely um, to not yeah, change the previous um, measurements. But you can set it on kind of outdated. Uh, so then it, if, it's, if an activity is in, is in the status of outdated, then it will be still available for analysis and shown for old cases before this um, change. But then... Uh, registrations for new cases in this process won't have this activity anymore. So you can do both technically add new activities later, but also remove them and in this way evolve the, the definition of what which activities are important in, in the process. Genau. Da, darüber hinaus gibt es noch ein Feature, man kann nicht nur einen Prozess neu anlegen, sondern tatsächlich auch einen bestehenden kopieren. Dann kriegt er erstmal äh, komplett die Struktur äh, Attribute, Schritte, Organisationsanhalten, die ähm, der alte Prozess hat und dann kann man den äh, halt verfremden, mhm. sozusagen. Also wenn zwei Prozesse ein bisschen weiter auseinander liegen. Ja, ja. Das ist dann yeah. so in addition, uh, you can also copy, when you create a new process, you can also do this based on the copy of a previous process and then that can be used as the basis and then um, slight adjustments can be made. Uh, on this new process. So that's kind of, then you get kind of versions, maybe a yeah? versioning of, of processes. Genau. Mm. Ähm, Nochmal kurz zurück zu den Erkenntnissen. Ähm, das, das war auch spannend, weil die, die, die Frage stellt sich immer, wann bin ich eigentlich, äh, ja, also wann kann ich mit Auswertungen anfangen und so weiter? Also wann sind genug Cases da? Ne? Mm. Ähm, ihr habt vielleicht gesehen, dass, dass es innerhalb der äh, Auswertung da so Histogramme gab, ne? also auf, auf die Zielbasis. Ähm, das sind ja mehr oder weniger so, so dichte Verteilungen, also so ein bisschen Statistik ne, der, der Fälle. Und ähm, wenn diese Formen, die sich dadurch ergeben, jetzt nicht mehr so stark schwanken und sich nicht mehr so voll verändern, dann ist das mal ein gutes Indiz dafür, dass man äh, aufhören kann zu messen oder zumindest mal schon ein akzeptables Ergebnis bekommt. Yeah, that's a good point. So another point that you learned, right, um, from this experience is that you said like that there were a lot of questions initially that people were asking, um, yeah, how much data is enough? How much data should we collect until we can analyze it reliably and know that the process is representative uh, enough, right, for to make decisions on it, for example. And that one good indicator was to look at the, yeah, the, 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 statistics so for example the distributions of the throughput times or case durations and then once they didn't change that much anymore once you added new cases then they have reached kind of a stable um yeah stable um yeah stable state, state. yes and that's that's a, yeah good good place to say well now we really have enough information yeah. So, so ein dritter Punkt vielleicht, äh, ich habe schon mal gesagt, ne, gut, gute Messungen passieren so interaktiv. Ne? Mhm. Äh, ich habe das erwähnt in dem Zusammenhang mit den Besonderheiten und wir formen Attribute da draus. Ne? Ja, ähm, das, äh, immer zwischendurch schon mal drauf gucken. Ne? Also wenn man irgendwas sieht, was, was 
ein Schritt, der nicht bebucht wird, gar nicht. Ne? Der ist vielleicht überflüssig. Konsolidiert sich da ein Attribut aus den Besonderheiten, die die Leute erfassen beispielsweise. So. Ja, dann, dann ist es schon total sinnvoll, den, den Prozessor nochmal anzupassen. Wir haben ja die, die Möglichkeiten genannt, wie das geht. Mhm. Insofern, das ist wirklich ganz gut. Und in, in dem Zuge dessen, also kommt man immer auch mit den, mit den Messenden ins Gespräch. Ja. Yeah, so that's the third learning, if you will, is that really this, um, that the measurements, that creating the right measurements is really an iterative process and that only by actually measuring and looking at what you get out of the measurements on the process map, right, and analyzing the process, you iteratively only you realize which measurements you need and you don't need. And like we discussed before, there can be activities that are missing that you actually do want to measure, but there can also be other activities that are redundant because maybe they're now with this new data field where you captured um, a distinction for the reason X, reason Y, for example. Sometimes maybe this makes a certain activity um Yeah, superfluous that you don't need now anymore and of course making the process um, smaller again or the um, collecting less data is always good right because it's that's the principle from the beginning like you mentioned it also makes it easy to collect the data more reliably so yeah so that both adding but also removing steps and uh, what you need is, is really something that is worked out iteratively by the people so that that really has um yeah has been very clear to you from this experience this iterative process okay um very good um yeah maybe then as a last question um what would you recommend to others who are also in this situation there might be others who also say they don't have any data but they want to do process mining any any last tips or things you want to say to them ja ich befürchte wir sind nicht das einzige unternehmen das für diese herausforderung steht und ich ich habe natürlich geguckt gibt es da irgendwas ne? und, und es gab eigentlich nichts, nichts oder nichts Erschwingliches irgendwie so. Deswegen haben wir das selber gebaut. Ne? Ich kann nur sagen, die, die, die Stoppuhr hilft nicht. Ne? Es muss, muss irgendwie tourgestützt sein. Ähm, und äh, ja, also ich, ich komme bestimmt noch mal dazu, das ein bisschen zu white labeln. Du hast gesagt, da ist das BVV-Logo und da sind noch diverse andere Informationen und so. Und wenn ich das gemacht habe und vielleicht den einen oder anderen Unit-Test noch geschrieben habe, dann äh, habe ich schon die Absicht, das, das Tool Open Source zu stellen und dann äh, ist es halt vielleicht für andere irgendwie eine Möglichkeit, äh, das, das auch zu benutzen. Wie gesagt, es kann auch einen Moment dauern. Yeah, that, that could be really interesting, though. So what you just said is that, um, yeah, that first of all, you, you really looked for solutions before you built this yourself. There, there wasn't really a good uh, system that um, fulfilled your requirement or, or was affordable. Um, and so, yeah, that was ultimately what brought you to, to building it yourself to, to make it exactly how you wanted it. Um, but also you mentioned that... Um, Yeah, at the same time, you are in, uh, looking into maybe uh, creating an open source version of this system to make it available for others. It's not something that will be available very soon, but it's something that in principle you, you plan to do. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're interested in that and you're watching this right now, I would say contact Tobias and make sure at least that you are in contact. And then he can also let you know if, if there's something that 
yeah, he wants people to test or he wants he can share with you. Um, so yeah, that could be really interesting. Mm. Ich, kann, ich kann auch dir Bescheid sagen, dann kannst du das auch Absolutely. We will über be deine very Reichweite streuen. We ja. will very happy to, to, to let people know. Um, yes, please, please let us know. Ja, was kann, was kann ich noch empfehlen? Ja, also schon mehrfach gesagt, ne? Kommunikation mit allen Stakeholdern, ne? das, das kann man nicht ersetzen durch, durch äh, äh, irgendeine Form von schriftlicher ähm, Darstellung oder äh, guck da hin auf, auf die Website ins Confluence oder so, ne? das, das äh, geht nicht, man, man muss da reden. Ne? Und am besten, äh, du, du sagtest es vorhin auch schon, ähm, ja, Unterstützer suchen, Mittelmanagement, das sind die Leute mit den gleichen Problemen, wie wir sie haben. Ja? Die stochern auch manchmal so ein bisschen im Nebel, äh, merken, sie haben Probleme, aber sie wissen nicht, woran es liegt. Und die können halt ihre Mitarbeiter äh, gezielter ansprechen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the second tip you would give is, is really again coming back to the communication. Um, yeah, that really people have to be, um, yeah, you have to take the time to really uh, inform them, take them with you, give them also time to process everything, right? And uh, also what we mentioned before, uh, to work together with the middle management who has who sh shares the goals for the for the different units, but also has the direct access to the to the employees to. Yeah, to to work with them, uh, to to make this evolution and this 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 change together. And yeah, so again, communication, communication, communication. Um, yeah, maybe before um, we close, or I'm not sure if you have uh, any more tips, but there's one last question that we get in the chat, um, which is: Did you discuss recording the actions of the users in brackets mouse click automatically for RPA, for example? Did you consider recording mouse clicks? Um. Nein. No. <laughs> also das ist ähm, ein, ein, ein ganz, ganz anderer Zweck tatsächlich. Ja. Und äh, RPA machen wir auch. Ich hatte es vorhin auch schon erwähnt. Ne. Und äh, ähm, da wird natürlich recorded, das ist klar. Das, weil das eine deutliche Abkürzung äh, äh, zu so einem APA-Bot zu kommen ist. Ähm, aber äh, in, in dem Moment, wo wir messen, ja, ähm, kennen wir das Ergebnis ja noch gar nicht. Wenn man einen Bot baut, dann weiß man, äh, die mhm. bestimmte Aktion will ich jetzt ähm, tatsächlich äh, automatisieren. Ähm, und äh, man macht das ja dann auch mit einer bestimmten software was wiederum bedeutet, man hat diese Software nicht im Griff, sondern kauft da was. Und die ist ganz sicher eine Software, die Anonymität nicht beachtet, beispielsweise. Und das, das wollten wir also nicht. Also ja, Das sind zwei verschiedene Concerns und mhm. deswegen haben wir das hier nicht irgendwie in Betracht gezogen. Ja. Okay, thank you. I'll just summarize a little bit. So the answer is no and uh, not for this use case because um, to, Tobias just shared that they're also doing RPA in different uh, in different places. And once you have um, an RPA use case, you are looking at a, at a very um, clear area of a process where you already know what you want to capture and what you want to automate. And then, of course, you're also using RPA software to capture the clicks for example to because it's faster to get to the to the to the bot um, but it's yeah it's something very different where you're capturing um, yeah 
a certain part of the of this process to automate it compared to what he has been talking about here is where you it's really about analyzing the whole work of the employees in a, in a whole business unit about what they do to support process improvement initiatives and um, if you're using like an rpa platform for example like in in an rpa automation use case certainly that software that standard software that you work with does not guarantee the anonymity of the employees for example so it would be a completely different trust scenario and yeah i, I think you you explained it much better than I summarize it, but it's two different things. So it doesn't mean that one cannot do RPA. It's in a different area, very narrow, let's say, and then it has a use case there. But we're, what you're talking about here is much broader um, and there. It's just not the suitable tool. Für uns hast du gut übersetzt. <laughs> Good summary. Okay, thank you. <laughs> genau. Uh, yeah, we um, get a lot of thank yous from people who have to leave. We're also a little bit running long, but no further question yeah. right now. So the question maybe for you, is there anything, any last thing you want to add or something we forgot? Or? Um, ja, vielleicht noch so einen kleinen Punkt. Ne? Also, tatsächlich bei uns ist es so, es, es, es gibt immer relativ wenig Fakten und, und ganz, ganz viele Meinungen über so mhm. Prozesse insbesondere, ne? über so, so Dinge, die im Nebel liegen. Ähm, und wenn man dann Zahlen beibringt, das sachlich jede Diskussion, egal wer dabei ist, äh, und sorgt eben auch für die richtige Priorisierung von Maßnahmen und das, das trägt also maximal dazu bei, irgendwie, dass, dass man den Nebel lichten kann. Ja. Aber das hat jetzt mit meinem Tool nichts zu tun, sondern eher, eher mit der Disziplin an sich. Ne? With process mining, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I really I'm that's one of the my favorite things I think that people have I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought of that when we came out of you know as researchers starting to see what you can do with post money it's really something that I learned over the years a little bit later in in practice and I heard this from different places and it was really nice just to to hear that from you is uh, the fact that Uh, one of the things that prosmining can can do, and it's something that you learned, right, and you you're sharing now as as one of the last points, is that prosmining can help to bring kind of peace in a situation where people have a lot of different opinions, right? If you don't have prosmining, if you don't have objective data, if you don't have measurements but just opinions, then yeah, these opinions can also be different, and then there could be conflict, and yeah, you you have no way to resolve these conflicts because they are just based on opinions right but once you start measuring and have objective information and uh, just look at the process as it is if you can do this calmly because you have done the work to communicate and people are not afraid right that they are measured for example but you can do it really from the mindset and spirit like we're doing this together to to do better work all together then this can also really yeah resolve these types of opinions and yeah i'm not even sure what's neighbor fog i think right fog. so it's, it's a kind of fog that you have and it's kind of resolving the fog and everyone sees more clearly what the situation is and yeah that's some some one of the things that prosmaning can do which is great we close the circle yes yeah Thanks so much for, for doing this with us. Thanks for coming uh, to the Postmining Cafe, for sharing um, the system that you've built and, and talking with us about the, all the thoughts and considerations behind it. I think it's a great example, probably gives inspiration to others. And yeah, like we said before, if you're interested in that or you want to maybe just exchange more thoughts um, about technical aspects or other things with Tobias, contact him and um, yeah. We'll also keep you updated if there's any news about the system. 
Take care. Okay, thanks a lot for coming. Thank you all for watching. Um, uh, we will be back with another Postman Cafe in a month, um, uh, in December, and we are going to talk about activity-based costing. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.